0: uh let's bring in dan hasty the uh voice of the west michigan whitecaps uh dan did did you hear that nonsense have you ever uh been really embarrassed of
1: something you did i mean thank god you didn't look through his search history
0: oh yeah now that would i think he's smarter than that you know you the lord i mean there there's a
1: reason that stuff's private
0: You're darn right. It's been way too long since we've spoken, Dan. uh, You're back in West Michigan. Uh, Fort Wayne in town, isn't that right? I can see West Michigan Whitecaps.
1: Yeah, that's right. They're the San Diego Padres minor league affiliate. It's kind of funny because last year they went out and traded the major league team for Juan Soto, the outfielder from the Nationals, and they traded for Josh Hader, who was pitching for the Milwaukee Brewers, and they traded, like, everyone. So basically, Fort Wayne's team was that meme of Will Smith from the Prince of Bel-Air just standing in that empty living room, <laughs> and it was great because we just pounded him over and over and over again. Oh, Not so much anymore, but it was a good time. So good
0: time. at that time, they, they had to scramble to uh, populate the minor league team after that big trade.
1: Uh, I'm actually pretty sure they started Eric Zane at second base. Oh yeah,
0: yeah. They, they they just they just start calling up the local high schools. you know that that happens from time to time. That that's one of the many nuanced stories that become lore in minor league baseball. Uh, all in an effort to help the big club, of course. But still, this you get to see, you get a firsthand uh, bird's eye view of uh, things like this and what it's like uh, as a play by play voice in high A baseball.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's really tough for the teams that have to deal with it, but that's kind of what you sign up for, right? I mean, if you're a minor league team, you know that there's a chance that at some point your guys are going to be gone. I mean, if, if it's not a trade, it's a promotion. If it's not a promotion, it's an injury. And, like, it just the rosters are so fluid here that we just kind of enjoy who we have every day that we have them. Like, for example, tonight, Uh, Spencer Turnbull is making a rehab assignment. So the guy who threw the no-hitter a couple of years ago is and and was in West Michigan back in 2015. He was part of the last championship team. He's here, and he makes the start for the Whitecaps tonight, which is pretty cool.
0: And as always, you can get tickets at the box office. You can get them online. And uh, it's always a great time. I've always uh, marveled at the fun that takes place uh, you guys put on an amazing show. The the games are, uh, you know, uh, it's so much fun to watch. And then, all, like in between the innings, there's always there's always fun things that are uh, that are happening there.
1: Well, and you know, that's because we've got two of the best people in all of minor league baseball. And, I, and I'm not just saying that. Like, I know everybody likes to say that, but not only are they two of the best, but the, the proof is that they're two of the longest running people in minor league baseball at their respective positions. It's Bob Wells, who's the MC on the field. He's the, the director of fun, is his official title. Correct. So he's been there for a long time, and you obviously know Bob. And then there's Michael Newell, who's the public address voice at at the ballpark. So if you're coming to LMCU ballpark, like that's those are your gatekeepers. Like that's who you meet when you come watch the White Caps in person. And there's the reason they've been doing it as long as they have. It's because they're really, really good at it. You guys
0: are getting set to embark on an expansion of the facility, isn't that right?
1: yeah a big one. And so you know, there's been kind of some mandates from Major League Baseball to do a few things for every single team, like they 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 want to essentially just make sure that buildings are up to a certain standard. Not like the Whitecaps have this problem. they really don't, but they want to renovate every so often. So they're gonna do that. And so it's a big renovation, and they're gonna make a concourse that's three hundred and sixty degrees around they're going to do new locker rooms they're going to have new batting cages that you can actually watch from the concourse so you can watch guys like hitting cages just like walking around the concourse at the ballpark which is really cool so there's a lot of different things that they're working on right now and we'll start to see some of those changes next year because they've already broken ground on things like that new locker room
0: that's exciting so uh, and when will that actually be completed then
1: well, they said it was a multi-year renovation. Gotcha. So for for this particular set, what they're working on now are batting tunnels, locker rooms. Uh, so I think they so those two things I think will be done, and then they've got a couple other things that that happen the year after. But essentially, for like the next three to five years, I would guess there are going to be some significant changes just about every year.
0: Uh, The uh, main purpose, of course, uh, of the West Michigan Whitecaps and and all teams that aren't a major league club is player development. Uh, Do you know how the Detroit Tigers feel, how um, the Whitecaps are doing in that regard?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, what really boils down to for the Tigers is how they look at their coaching staff and how their coaching staff's doing. And if nothing else, they've given a pretty big endorsement to the manager in West Michigan. And I'm not sure if you've had the chance to meet Brian Pena, but he's a character. And uh, he's very much like the Cuban version of Ted Lasso.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: An absolute rallying point. So to be able to have a guy like him around, the the players absolutely love the guy. And so to be able to spend some time with them uh, and and to see you know what the players do for a guy like that, I mean they they, they we will. I know it's kind of cliche, but they do like run for you know through a wall for this guy. So he, they like having him here, um, kind of the the leader of men sort of mentality, right? Your Dan Campbell sort of move. But overall, I think they're pretty happy with them. And, you know, they've got a lot of things that I think that they're happy with in terms of looking inside the numbers. But, you know, overall, I think they just love the fact that they've got an affiliate that's so close to Detroit. I mean, Spencer Turnbull couldn't start for the West Michigan Whitecaps if the West Michigan Whitecaps were located in El Paso, Texas. Right. Is where some different affiliates are located for these teams. Not every team is so geographically friendly like West Michigan, which gives them a real advantage.
0: Have the Caps always been a Tigers affiliate? I can't I can't remember the the, the timeline of it.
1: The first three years the Whitecaps were, and when this is when they broke into baseball as a franchise, they were affiliated with the Oakland Athletics. So they've had three years with the A's, and then ever since it's been with the Tigers.
0: And now the Whitecaps could probably beat the Athletics
1: straight up. You know, I'm pretty sure we did. Like about a month and a half ago, they were just wearing Lansing Lugnuts uniforms because that's who they are now. So <laughs> um,
0: wow, that is... That, that's fantastic so Pena is eternally optimistic like you indicated when you first encountered him uh, you know uh, uh, maybe like in an interview setting or introducing to the team uh, I mean what was what what was your first impression because that's probably held true
1: well he is he is energy personified I mean he, he is a, a lightning bolt in that way so you know to be around him, uh, if, if you're having a tough day, or if you're not a hundred percent, or if you're a little sluggish, Brian Pena will pick you up. He's very much that, that kind of counterweight to that personality. So uh, he, he's, you know, he, he comes with a built-in advantage too. And this is something that doesn't get talked about a lot at this level, but the fact that he's bilingual. I mean, you've got all these players that are eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty-one years old. And some of them are drafted. They played college baseball in the United States. But just as many of those players, there are players that grew up in Latin American countries, like the Dominican Republic or Puerto Rico or Venezuela, and they don't speak English. So it's really, really nice to have a manager who can communicate directly with everyone in that locker room, which is not something that every locker room has. It's really important, I think, for teams to do that, and it's rare that you can find it in a manager.
0: No, It's wonderful. I mean, you you just saying that I know how many like that scenario when you get a guy uh, coming in and he's in some cases alone. I would say in a lot of cases, these guys come into town and, you know, it's got to be difficult to be concentrating on baseball when you're in a new town, uh, new people. And it's daunting. And then you have a person in a leadership position who uh, has no problem at all communicating in your in your uh, uh, native tongue.
1: Well, and keep this in mind, too, when players come to West Michigan, and this is especially true now after Major League Baseball took ownership of the minor leagues. This happened a couple of years ago after the pandemic. So now what happens is is after this restructuring of minor league baseball, the Tigers went from being a low-A affiliate to a high-A affiliate, so that doesn't sound like a huge change, but I can promise you it is. I mean, Spencer Torkelson, a couple of years ago, would never have been a West Michigan Whitecaps if the Whitecaps were a low-A affiliate. He would have never come through West Michigan, but because they are high-A, you get better players, but what also that means is that These players who start out at these, like, super low-level rookie league teams, the Dominican Summer League, the Gulf Coast League, the Florida Complex League, they're all doing that in like the same area there there's all these like little ball fields next to each other on the backfields of lakeland florida and so once they graduate from the little backfields, then they go to the the now low a affiliate and that's lakeland so they basically just walk over to the big stadium in the complex that big stadium being the spring training home for the detroit tigers joker margin stadium so they go play at low a and then and only then if they, if they do graduate to west michigan then is the first time that they leave that area. So... And who knows how much time they've spent working you know, it was English classes and acclimating to professional baseball some guys have had more time than others but a lot of times when they come to West Michigan it's like it's almost like they're being tested on the field and off the field too which they continue to get that that knowledge and that development while they're here in West Michigan so it's pretty it's a lot of work I mean these guys have like 10 13 hour days that's a lot of stuff yeah it sure up. is my uh, gosh
0: Dan Hasty is our guest the play by play voice of your west michigan whitecaps and how long have you been doing that for dan
1: 10 years i started in 2015 so like eight seasons i want to say now
0: with the whitecaps and prior to that what was up
1: before that well i worked in detroit so i was doing work over at the the sports radio station in detroit i was doing the detroit lions for a couple of years doing their pre-half and post game show and i was reporting for the tigers and the red wings and the pistons and all that stuff right. it was back when those teams were actually pretty good okay uh, it's uh, it's it's been a little bit of a change ever since that time we're kind of all still waiting for that to change
0: but but the dream was to be a play-by-play voice of baseball yes
1: Oh yeah, always, and uh, you know, since I was a little kid, I mean, that was always what I wanted to do. So, you know, and plus to do it in West Michigan, because when I was a kid, like I, I got to know West Michigan. That was the first minor league team whose game I ever went to. I, I used to come camping on the west side of the state. So when I would come over here, I would make my parents basically try to like talk them into taking me to a right, game. Right.
0: Right. So, then eventually, so though, when the when the gig opened up, you had to apply like everybody else. So there was probably dozens. Of people uh, that were trying to, or maybe even more, trying to get that gig. Um, yeah, can yeah. you take me through as well, hundreds, even? Uh, I mean, when 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 you get that call, that's that's incredibly exciting. I, I I cannot imagine that. I mean, even just the call that you're being considered, and ultimately you got the job, and you've been doing an amazing job doing it. But can you kind of put into words what a young man? He was trying to find his way as a broadcaster is oh my god this is it it's happening right now
1: <laughs> well you, you know it's, I think the biggest thing that young broadcasters can do is make relationships you know there was you know a lot of time that I had spent working on calling games and doing play by play and honing that craft but the the truth is is that just as important as that is meeting the right people meeting the important people and i remember when i was an intern uh, with the great lakes loons actually mm-hmm. and i know that uh, obviously that's part of the listenership right now with ESPN 100.9 out in midland but when i started there I was always circling the date on the calendar where the Whitecaps came to town, because I grew up a Tigers fan, so I was always excited to see those guys. And so when they came to play Great Lakes, their front office staff would often make the trip as well. So I got a chance to get to know the the higher-ups and the decision-makers in West Michigan, got to know them really well. And so when that time came... Now it wasn't kind of like a cold call. It was more like, "Hey, like if this is open, like you know, I'd be happy to talk to you guys about it. I'd love to, as a matter of fact." And so, you know, the the best thing I ever heard was one of those people say back to me on the phone, "I was just about to call you." Oh. <laughs> so that was the game changer, right? When that right. happened. That that that's when it all kind of came together in my mind, saying, "Okay, maybe this is a, a real possibility." And sure enough, it was. So we were really really fortunate.
0: Yeah, anyway. yeah. I mean, it's been been going great ever since dan hasty the voice of the west michigan whitecaps uh okay the tigers every time i look at the standings are six seven games out Yeah, they're, they're not really going on any type of tear but we still live in a world where the division isn't that solid so you know uh, glass half full glass half empty uh what are your thoughts if you could encapsulate and and in and, uh, and, and whatever amount of time, what you think about is happening.
1: Yeah, well, I'll give them credit to this end. They have kept the conversation going because they've played well. I mean, you take two out of three from Seattle. You get three out of four against Kansas City. You beat San Francisco. So they did everything that they've been asked to do. Um, the the thing is, and I like that Scott Harris kind of left it open-ended, So, you know, he could say, well, they can change our minds and we'll see. But here's the truth. Like the Minnesota Twins are playing even better baseball than the Tigers have been over the last 10 days. And even though the Tigers have played really well, the Minnesota Twins have played even better. So, you know, you kind of need two things to happen when you're a handful of games back like the Tigers are. You need them to play well and you need the team in front, like whether it be the Twins, the Guardians, whoever, this case it's the Twins, to slip up. And to their credit, they haven't. So that has now put the Tigers in this position where they've played well, but since that conversation – they're farther back in the division than they were when they started. It's not the Tigers' fault. It might be their fault from what happened at the beginning of the season, but again, like the expectations weren't insanely high anyway. So, I mean, the the Twins pulling away, I think, is the big wild card here. So, you know, the Tigers are are probably, if if they do buy, I don't think it's a straight buy. I think it's a buy and sell kind of simultaneously. I think they'll take the pieces that they don't have long-term control over. They'll move them maybe simultaneously they go bring in a bat or something like that but if they do buy that's probably what it looks like if they don't i think we know what that looks like i think it looks like eduardo rodriguez michael lorenzen those guys probably being the the most attractive pieces for other teams and i'm sure they're going to get some calls on those guys
0: is anybody going to get their hands on shohei otani do you think
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, absolutely they will. I mean, the the Los Angeles Angels, they have the the most attractive organizational asset probably in the last Half century of Major League Baseball. Like how many teams can trade one guy and give another team a frontline starting pitcher and an outfielder who can pop forty homers a year? I mean, he's probably going to go fifty or sixty this year. So yes, I mean, you'd be absolutely out of your mind not to deal Shohei Otani. They they can be set up for years of success in the future by making this move. And and again. Can't stress this enough. Shohei Ohtani is a free agent at the end of the season, Right. and if the Los Angeles Angels want him so badly, then just trade him and then re-sign him, <laughs> <laughs> like like double dip, dude. Like I don't understand why this is so difficult for the Los Angeles Angels. Like if you have somebody in this situation, like baseball doesn't have to be hard. And so to make them move like this, I mean, it's just it's an open-and-shut case. And I know he's had a lot of time there, and I know they like him a lot, but you got to move
0: him. Uh, yeah, do you have a thought as to who will actually make enough of a play to be able to get him?
1: Uh, You know, I think I I have a better idea of who's going to make the play for him after the season than I do right now. I I really think after the season, I I think the Los Angeles Dodgers are an exceptionally big favorite to land him. I I think the Dodgers of all teams know the kind of impact that he makes in the L.A. market. And they also have a really, really good organizational team build. Like, their roster is set up really well. I mean, so is everybody else, right? But they're also really competitive. And that's the thing that Othani just hasn't had in his career. And they're chock full of prospects. They've got a ton of major league talent. Like, you know they're going to be good for the next five to seven years. So if you're Shohei Ohtani, like the Dodgers, and plus, I don't think Shohei Ohtani probably has to move. <laughs> like, I mean, how cool is that, right? right? I mean, he right. doesn't have to, like, pick up and back up everything. So I think the Dodgers are going to be the huge favorite to land him.
0: Dan Hasty, voice of your West Michigan Whitecaps, of all of the amazing promotions that have taken place, what uh, which one do you remember the most or look forward to the most? Because sometimes they do them each year. Do you have a favorite at the ballpark, Dan Hasty?
1: I have a lot of promotions that I love, but I appreciate that you asked this because I have one in particular that has always been and will always be my absolute favorite in West Michigan. So they bring, so the Whitecaps bring in a, a guy. His name is David the Bullet Smith. And I don't know if you've ever seen this at our ballpark or not, but essentially what he does is he travels around. Some some different spots throughout the country, and he brings with him a human sized cannon.
0: I and have seen
1: this. <laughs> have you seen this? Yes, okay. please, so please. He, so he sets up his cannon in shallow center field. He gets so he and he doesn't look like uh, he, like he's like, he's not like a super athlete. He's like a fifty-year-old dad who like goes to PTA meetings, but he also puts himself into a large cannon and, mm-hmm. and shoots himself out at baseball games. It's the greatest oh, thing ever. My.
0: You know, so- you're right. I've seen it. It's fantastic, <laughs> and he's very acrobatic when he because uh, he has to curve his body a certain way to land appropriately.
1: Yes. Now, if you really want to do something fun, bring someone with you to the human cannonball, as he's known. Bring somebody with you who's never seen him to the human cannonball night, and then try to convince that person next to you that that guy doesn't actually do this for a living. And tonight's his first try. It's the funniest thing ever. I highly recommend it. My mom was at the actually at the ball game like a week and a half ago, and I had her thinking he was like a tax attorney right. who just decided to give this a try. Right. It was the best.
0: Yeah, you can say it's like a guy who lost fantasy football or something like that, and this is his punishment.
1: <laughs> it's a punishment. Yeah, it's, it's fascinating, though. He brings his own, like, net, and he sets it up behind home plate. So it's like... He's really a one-man crew. Like, he doesn't have, like, a huge support staff. He's just a dude who sets up a net, climbs into a cannon, and gets shot out and just flies over the ballpark with, like, only that little net to catch him. And somehow, he nails it every single time. That's fantastic. And
0: it's coming up this year, right?
1: It already happened this year. We had it earlier in July. I know, I know, but trust me, okay. he will, it will not be the last time he's in West Michigan. Can
0: you imagine if we got Bill Simonson to do it? He probably gets stuck in the gun.
1: I <laughs> I kind of would like to explore this if we can if we can touch base with Bill and his people. Yes, I'll touch yes. base with the human cannonball and see if they're looking to reload that.
0: Dan Hasty, you are uh, just so much fun. I mean, I I'm mean, from a personal level, when I heard that Dan Hasty's going to be on the show, I was like, oh, my God, this guy is just a consummate pro. And uh, you're just so much fun to talk to. I've always enjoyed over the years all the conversation, and I can't wait to do it again.
1: Absolutely, brother. Appreciate you having me.